Please pray with me. Lord God, I pray that you would fall powerfully upon us now. I pray that you would place your words in my lips, Lord, and that you would speak to us. That you, Lord, would pour out your grace upon us and that we would have a powerful encounter with you this morning. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. It's so good to see you all this morning. Can anyone identify this object here? Kettlebell. Well done. Exactly. That's what it is. Anyone have one of these at home? They're pretty cool. I don't know where they came up with them, but it's like a, a steel ball with like this handle attached to it. And you can use it kind of like a dumbbell, or you can throw it around and do all kinds of dynamic exercises. Uh, I got this thing, I guess, a couple years ago, and I bought it in Dallas, and with high expectations that I would start working out with it, right? And then we moved soon after that out here to California. And as we were moving, we didn't know where we were going to be living precisely. So most of our stuff went in a moving truck, right, that was going to be stored somewhere while we traveled with our minivan and used just the stuff in our minivan to uh, survive day to day until our, we got our stuff out of our truck. This went in the minivan, right? It did. It went in the minivan. Because why did I put it in the minivan? Because I was going to use it, right? I was going to stay buff during that period, you know, a good way to work out and stay fit. And so what do you think happened during that time in between when uh, we packed up all our stuff and moved out here and when we got the moving truck? How many times do you think I used this? None. Yeah, I went underneath the bed and it collected dust bunnies and stubbed my toe on it a few times. But that was about the only workout I got was hopping around on one foot after I nailed my toe on it. Didn't do anything, right? Nothing. This amazing tool which can make you strong and fit and focused and lean didn't do me any good for a couple months. Nothing. So then the other day I started thinking about it and a few months ago started working out with this. And it's amazing. Real quickly, you can put a lot of effort out hauling this thing around. I mean, it weighs 45 pounds. You pick the thing up and you're like, oh, my goodness. And I've really noticed something. When I work out with it regularly, I get stronger. Anyone ever notice this correlation before? I find that when I don't work out with it, what doesn't happen? I don't get stronger. Isn't that amazing? It's taken me 34 years to figure this out. But just owning the object does not actually impart any benefits to you. It takes using the object. It takes applying yourself. It takes investing yourself into fitness to see some type of benefit. You might be sharper than me, and you might have picked this up earlier. But Paul, I think, is, is tapping into the same theme in his letter to the Corinthians. Uh, Paul wrote this letter to the church in Corinth, which was in Greece, uh, a long, long time ago, around the year 50 AD. Corinth was this town... It was actually a city quite cosmopolitan. It was kind of like Las Vegas, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and New York kind of rolled into one city. Right? It was cosmopolitan. It was hedonistic. It was erudite. It was lowbrow. It was wealthy. It was poor. It had everything kind of crushed in there together. And then they had a really a lot of like uh, naval folks there too. You know, and when you get enough navy folks around, it kind of Sorry, I was in the army, so you got to have a jab there every once in a while. It was a rough and tumble city, but it was really a dynamic, growing, growing and flowing city. 
And Paul had planted a church in this crossroads. He had planted a church at Corinth, and it was a young church, and it was growing, it was dynamic, just like the city around it. And so Paul begins his letter to this church uh, with a standard greeting, and then he begins to thank God for the Corinthians. They are a church that Paul had started and established, and they were young, and they were growing and dynamic, and Paul was excited about what was going on in the church in Corinth. He was excited about their life. He was excited about their faithfulness, and he was excited about their spiritual growth. Paul here states his pleasure about the fact that they were developing in their faith and wisdom. He says, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just like a good parent, Paul wanted to see his young congregation grow day to day in maturity in Christ. He wanted to see their faith and ministry to be strengthened so that they could reveal the gospel of Christ to the world. He wanted to see them grow up. Right? He didn't want them to stay little babies in swaddling cloth forever. I mean, parents, we might like a little cute little baby, but eventually you want them to grow up, don't you? Yeah? To grow up, be an adult, get married, make babies for themselves, so you get to be the grandparent and have all the fun with none of the responsibilities. Right? That's what Paul wanted to see his church do, too. To reach maturity, to grow and be strong and faithful. Paul understood that the Christian life is a life of growth and development. As opposed to our human life cycle, which has us, you know, it's kind of like a bell curve, right? The human life cycle, you kind of start out strong and you build and you build and you build and you get to the peak, right? And then it starts to, as I'm finding out at 34, things start to slow down, right? Anyone ever been there? You notice you can't do the things you used to do? You can't remember the things you used to know? Right? That's how the human life works. It goes like that. Gradual degradation. The Christian life does not work like that. Rather, the Christian life is about exponential growth. The Christian life is, should go from the beginning and then gradually and more and more increase each and every day as we pursue that life with Jesus Christ and as we move to our eternal life with him. It's not a matter of declining after we reach middle age. Rather, it keeps going up. And the beauty of the Christian life is that as opposed to the human life, which depends upon our own strength and endurance and things like that, the Christian life seems to grow at uh, reverse proportion to our human life. Okay, let me explain that. Right, is we can be falling apart physically, but during those times, our Christian life can grow at incredible rates. Anyone ever notice that the strongest people physically are not necessarily the strongest spiritually? Right, because if they can do so much by themselves, why do they need the Lord? But as we begin to realize our own need and our own hurting, our own limitations, that's when we turn to the Lord and seek Him and really grow as people, as Christians. Now, if this is so important to Paul, this kind of spiritual growth that he encouraged his church in, then how do we grow as Christians, grow spiritually strong? Well, I think there's several tools that we can tap into, much like the kettlebell, right? There's prayer which is daily conversation with the Lord. That's kind of the simple term for it. Then there's Bible study, reading the Bible to see what God reveals about himself 
ourselves and the world around us. There's worship, praising God for all that he has done, and church is one of the outlets for that worship. And then there's service, giving of ourselves to others as a response to what God has given to us. If each of these things, if each of these four things targets a different spiritual muscle group, then is it better to practice them occasionally or faithfully? Faithfully. Is that how it works for you all? Right? With the physical stuff, right? It helps if you're in the gym every day, right? You see better increases than if you're there once a month. Isn't it the same? Same thing spiritually. The more we invest in that, the better the fruit, the bigger the payoff, the more the growth there is that comes consequently from that faithfulness. Just like our bodies, our souls need to be strengthened. They need to be built up. And prayer, Bible study, worship, and service are tools to do that. They are all ways that we ensure that we enter God's kingdom strong rather than limping over the finish line. I mean, it's good to get there however you get there. I'll tell you that right now. But you want to end strong, right? You don't want to end just barely making it, like dragging, uh, you know, needing to go on an IV instantly to get oxygen for, you know, to get recovered. No, you want to end strong, and that's what God wants us to do, too. He wants us to end our lives strong. He wants us to live strong and end strong. But you know what? If you've been a Christian for more than a few months, you know this isn't easy, right? Anyone ever been in a relationship with someone before? Is the honeymoon easier than, like, ten years down the road? Yeah, I'd say. Or is the dating phase easier than kind of the day-to-day marriage phase? Yeah, right? The, certainly the, the, like, fireworks of it are, right? The whole, like, chocolates, love letters, flowers, all those kind of things. They come real easy when you're trying to woo someone. But over time, it can become so easy to just let kind of life go on as normal forget that you love this person so much and that you want to express your love to them. The same thing happens in our Christian life. It can become commonplace for us to be in a relationship with Jesus. It, it, it can become rote. It can become just a part of the daily grind. You know, hey Jesus, how's it going? See you this afternoon. You know, and just pass like chips in the night. But that's not what God wants for us. Instead, he wants us to be intimately engaged to be investing, to be working out with him, to be strong in our love for him and in his love for us. And this is where we need to turn to Christ for his strength in our lives. Because given enough time, all of us would spiritually atrophy if it was up to us. We'd all run out of steam. We'd all run out of motivation and zeal and vinegar and all those kind of things that people say. We'd run out of it. But Jesus there with us every step of the way. As Paul says, he will also strengthen you, that's Jesus, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you hear what he's saying there? Anyone ever watched The Biggest Loser? Right? Or anyone ever had a physical trainer who's there with you in the gym, encouraging you and challenging you? They are really helpful. You know, they say, put on more weight or do one more rep. Or come on, let's try this other thing you've never done before. You can do it. You can make it. You're strong enough. Come on, let's go. Physical trainer encourages us and motivates us. Obviously, the physical trainer needs our participation, too. But Jesus promises to be there for us, to be our encourager, 
to be there challenging us to step up, to be faithful when we don't feel like it. He gives us strength and energy beyond what any physical trainer in this world could do for us. He's there for us to ensure that we make it to the finish line strong. But just like the kettlebells, just like working out in a gym, we need to do our part too. God's not going to do all the work for us. right? He's already earned our salvation for us on the cross. But he's not going to do all the workout for us. We need to do that. In relationship with him, we need to push and strain and work to see how we grow in our love for him. He's left that up to us. And he promises to be there with us every step of the way. But he requires that we do the work too. He doesn't want us to just be dragged along, right? Kind of rolled along like anyone ever seen Charlie the Chocolate Factory? <laughs> the original one where the girl Violet turns Violet into a giant blueberry. And the Oompa Loopers kind of roll her out of the room. Right? He doesn't want us to be like that. He's not going to just roll us to the finish line. He wants us to invest our own time, our own effort and strength into building up that relationship with him. When we do this, though, when we invest our time and strength into spiritual growth, the payoffs are amazing. Our lives change, just like our bodies change in the gym. Our lives change. They become balanced and strong. Injuries are healed from faster, and hard times are made easier as we're in relationship with the Lord. My hope for us is that we hit the gym, that we hit the Lord's gym together, that we'd be at church every Sunday, that we'd be praying every day, that we'd be reading our Bible every day and going to Bible study, and that we would be serving those whom God puts in our path. Because if we do those things, if we invest in those ways, the amazing thing is that we become the people God created us to be. We become his faithful servants and tools in this world by which he can transform our whole culture. So my hope for us today is that we would resolutely and faithfully turn ourselves over to the Lord, that we would accept his fitness regimen, and that we would follow him with zeal and hope in our hearts, knowing that he will see that we get there strong. Dear Lord God, I thank you so much for promising to be there for us, Lord. If it was up to us, we'd mess this thing up, Lord God. But it's up to you. And so we entrust ourselves to you, Lord God. Give us the strength to get into the gym with you. Give us the strength to resolutely follow you day in and day out. Lord, give us faithfulness when we just want to stay in bed, Lord God. And may we be strengthened as we work out with you. Lord, transform us and transform the world around us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.